It's the Hoppin' Show, 5 o'clock hour on a Monday here on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Anthony and I go around the NFL coming up at the bottom of the hour. Right now, though, it is time for our traditional Monday edition of Not My Beat. Today's top story from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live. This just in. Not My Beat. It's a Monday, so that means Michael Phillips is with us. Uh, Michael joining us from Los Angeles before getting on his plane to come back to the East Coast. And Michael, the, uh, the, the that game was probably the most meaningless, like uninteresting, whatever, until Jacoby Brissett came in. Like that, that to me was the most insignificant game this team has played since 2019, since I left the beat and nothing to do with me leaving the beat. It's just the last time that they happened to be this bad. Yeah. Uh, and of course there was a, a coach firing season, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden Jacoby comes in, the offense looks like it knows how to function. Terry goes nuts and we have something to talk about. And it's not that we have like a quarterback controversy. It's just like, wow, was that an A-B test? And all of a sudden, Sam as A looks completely different. Was that the Rams had kind of like been like, all right, we're good. Um, and that that really was more what it was about. Like, what do you make of, with, with the night to sleep on it and all that kind of stuff and more talking and, and all that, what do you make of what we saw yesterday? Yeah, I'll, I'll take a sampler platter there. It's garbage time. Everybody looks good in garbage time. But he did something Sam's been unable to do for a long time. Make a quick decisive throw he was playing with a garbage offensive line and he knew that and he made a quick decision got got quick routes got the balls to his star players quickly all those things we want Sam to do and we want Sam to learn from this and we want Sam to have watched this and say okay that's what it looks like all right watch that tape this week that's what it looks like when this offense runs with these limitations I need to do that I need to figure out how to do that Obviously, not getting Terry the ball enough has been a focus this year. It's it's a weird week to harp on that because I mean he should have had he had a very nice fourth down conversion to Terry on the scramble. Mm-hmm. Should have had another completion to Terry on on Terry's crazy one handed catch, which by the way was totally a catch. I hate this new replay system. I I didn't see enough there to overturn it, and he was being interfered with the whole way. Give the man the benefit of the doubt. Enough complaining about Terry's catches and non catches. You know, I, I think it would have been a big day for Terry even without the end, but. Right, Jacoby Brissett lays down the tape. Here's what you need to do, Sam. Quick throws to your star players, roll from there. And it's the correct call by Ron, right, to say we're sticking with Sam and the rest of the season is about his development. But the big question against a really good New York Jets defense next week, can Sam do that? Because if Sam can't do that, we do need to start asking some big, tough questions. Right. Well, or we just have the answers. I don't even know if it's yeah. about asking questions. Yeah. It's like, hey, this is what it is. Um, he's not going to be w- with our top five pick. Like, we're going to go in that direction, and he's not going to be our quarterback moving forward. Um, I, I like, you say he's got to see it, right? Like, hey, this is what it looks like. And there's a part of me that's like, just give Jacoby another game. That's like, hey, man, let's see what, what happens on a full week, and then we'll go back to Sam for the final two. Like, let Sam kind of mentally reset. Of course, there's no guarantees that the 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 game would go as well as those two drives did for Brissett, and so you might wind up just wasting a chance to get Sam experience. But I, I'm I'm curious what they do this week, Michael, on, like, how do you get Sam to, to reset? Or is this kind of a test of how you rebound and um, how you handle the adversity for a guy who's been pretty – uh, pretty steady in kind of the, I don't want to necessarily call it character, but kind of the makeup, the demeanor department all year. 
No, I agree with that. He's been unflappable this year for sure. That's and the then, word I was trying to say. Yeah. This is why you're a, a fancy journalist. <laughs> I'm a word guy person, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think he will continue to be. I, I don't think anything about his mental makeup is being tested here. I think it's just about whether or not he can be an NFL quarterback at this point. Uh, I think that's what's being tested. And I think he will say the right things, do the right things. Um, not just publicly, but privately as well. I don't think the locker room will split over this in any way. I do think if he struggles again this week, though, with two games left, you, you have two people who you need to factor in here. So if, if we leave next week's game against the Jets saying Sam's definitively not QB1 next year, they're going to draft somebody, Sam will hang around his backup, we'll see how he develops. I think, do you owe it to Jacoby, who's been a very positive influence this year as well, like, to give him a little time to, to show uh, what he's got and, and chase chase his bag in the free agent market next year. And Eric Bieniemy, does Eric Bieniemy need to lay down some tape that says, hey, look, things didn't go the way I wanted to, but did you see what happened when this guy came in? Did you see what happened when I had when I had Jacoby Brissett come in? I can do that for your team. Um, you know, we're in every man for himself territory. This is this is what you do in late December on a bad team. Every man for himself. Those two loyalties here matter as well. Do you OEB? a game tape of Jacoby Brissett. Do you owe Jacoby Brissett a game tape of Jacoby Brissett? Those are the big questions. We're not there yet, um, but we'll see how Sam Howell plays against the Jets. You're right. Very big game coming. Yeah, I, I actually would probably do that in the final week of the season if he yeah. has two bad ones in a row. Um, I would do that. I would say, hey, Jacoby, as a thank you for being a good soldier, you know, you you came in and we told you it'd be a competition. There's never really a competition. You know, all that kind of stuff. And not, I, I'm to be fair, like, to whatever extent there was a competition, Sam won it in camp. Like, Sam was the better guy. And Sam, I think that's the hard thing to swallow, Michael, is it's not like Sam Howell's been terrible all year. Sam is seemingly regressing as of late. And I don't know whether there's like a David Carr shell-shocked thing happening, whether teams are just super on to what EB is doing. And why that is, is it could be parsed out a bunch of different ways. Logan and I were talking about this on the pod last night. It's like, uh, do, is this is this the stuff that Sam wants to run? And Eric's like, all right. And at what point does Eric then need to be like, no, we're going to do something else as, as the OC? Like, there's this is multifactorial and, and thus very hard to assess blame. But I think my big takeaway is the marriage here, the fit here was a bad one. Like, the, the idea that what Eric wants to do fits with a young quarterback, specifically this young quarterback, if you wanted to win games this year, it was just a bad idea. That's hard to admit as someone who was super psyched about the hire and, and thought that things would go very, very differently. Reverse car wash. Come in uh, come in clean, you leave dirty, right? Eric Biennemi is your latest Eesh. victim. I mean, I, I, we got to call it what it is at this point. Eric Biennemi, I have not lost any respect for him as a play caller, as an organizer, as a coach, as a man. Uh, I've been impressed by what I've seen, quite frankly. Um you, you, at the same time, let's step aside from that and call this what it is. He's more damaged goods now than he was when he got here. And that is what Ashburn does to people. And that that is, you know, the the latest in a long line of Ashburn. He got a long career ahead of him. I still think he can be a head coach in the NFL. I'll say that right now. I, I think, he, uh, you know, when you have stories about the players undercutting you with the coach, that's a bad look. Um, I asked Ron yesterday after the game, who made the call to bench Sam? Was it you or was it Eric? And he said very unequivocally, that was my call. I don't know if that's a head coach diving on the grenade or not, but that's not great, um, right? Like he was promised this autonomy and he kind of maybe hasn't had this autonomy slashes is, is being undercut at different 
ways. So there's a big Eric Bieniemy discussion to be had here too. But I think with Sam Howell, you don't get the luxury of getting a system catered to you when you're a fifth round draft pick. You, you end up where you end up and you get thrown into what you get thrown into. He's gotten as many breaks and opportunities as a fifth round pick could reasonably expect to receive. And tough, tough finish here to the season. Jets, Niners, Cowboys, three good defenses on tap. This is the NFL, buddy. We earn your keep. Yeah. I mean, the enemy side of it, like if I'm the Chargers, I'm moderately interested in him. Um, like, hey, I, I gotta I need a super duper quarterback for this system to work. But if if I have one, like this system can make you a champion, like I'm interested. Uh, but that it goes back to the, like what you just said. Do you get something built around you? And I, I just think that when you look at Ron's tenure here on the offensive side of the ball, there's never been a cohesive vision. Like that is that is something that is one of the most damning things, uh, besides the long snapper. We'll get to it. Um, but uh, uh, not having any kind of offensive identity in terms of how you build the roster and what scheme you are running is like it, it's basic stuff on team building. And they have gone from this air Coriel vertical passing game to be like, oh, we got to run the football and built an O-line kind of that way that was more run personnel than a bunch of pass blockers. Then you bring in Bietemi, and he passes the ball more than anyone else, and he's doing it with a guy who's had one career start coming into the week, or coming into the year. Like, it's just no wonder it didn't work. And I feel very dumb for having bet the over on their win total this season. Craig, there wasn't a cohesive strategy with two and a half minutes left when they had an opportunity to score and do something. Do you go for two? Do you not go for two? Oh do, you, do, you, do you run a play in front of the two-minute warning? They don't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. It's year four. Yeah. I mean, I my, my favorite, in air quotes, sequence of that is they run a quarterback sneak from the two, which gets them what is there 24 inches in well no that's in two feet uh it gets them a yard and a half basically right and your quarterback six foot four 235 pounds and then you yeah you don't you don't run it again it's from the one you go in shotgun and pass it from the one foot line it's the easiest You're, play in football because when you reach the play is over it doesn't matter if they swat the ball out the play is over you've scored yeah i just I couldn't believe that. And then eight plays later, they scored. Yeah. Eight. <laughs> Nine, by the way, because the pass interference didn't count on the official tally. Yeah, well, that was that was second and third down initially. So I think, yeah. I think that's Lo how that... Logan's went. offensive pass interference. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. In, insane. Um, Bad football. Yeah. Bad. Lot, we've seen a lot of... Lot of lot that was special, though. That was special football. yesterday. I, I think that was, that was special bad football. Uh, nine, you know, eight, nine plays from the goal line to score with the game conceivably still in reach. And then you don't go for two. Uh, and then everything just unravels from there. Yeah. So that leaves the the final thing that we'll talk about. The defense is interesting, kind of, but I kind of want to watch the tape before anyone talks about that. Um, but you've got the long snapper situation. And if only we could have possibly known in the preseason that Cameron Cheeseman wasn't an NFL caliber long snap. Right. Right. Oof, is this the oof. most inexplicable? Like, we've covered the Washington football franchise for collectively 20 years. Of course, there's some overlap there. Uh, but we've, we've seen a lot of bad football and a lot of dumb decision-making. A lot of inexplicable things happen. Is this the single most inexplicable football, very important caveat, football yeah. decision that you've seen? 
Yeah, yeah, gotta be. Um, can I quote uh, Animal Farm? Um, the, sure. The, the, yeah, like so everybody's equal, but some people are more equal than others. Um, yeah. Right? That's the NFL for you because some guys get protected in the NFL. Some guys were first round draft picks and they're going to get a lot of opportunities. Some guys are Trey Lance and, you know, we'll get to play in the league for a long time. Some guys are Carson Wentz and we'll get protected because of that. Some guys get discarded quickly because they're late round draft picks or, you know, you're, you're an undrafted guy and you get one shot at a roster. Some guys are long snappers. Long snappers don't get any protection. One bad snap, you're on to the next team. That is how long snapping works in the NFL. Your first bad snap, you're gone. And look, it's a carousel. Same with kickers. You miss a big kick, you're cut. You end up on a different team. That's how long snapping works too. A long snapper got the level of protection reserved for a first round draft pick because Ron didn't want to be embarrassed by the headline of cutting a long snapper he traded for. It was an issue in the fall. It was an issue in the season. It was an issue when Tressway got blown up yesterday. It's been an issue for so long. He's protecting the long snapper in a way he did not protect other players who maybe deserved it a whole lot more. Well said. I got nothing to add. Yeah, other awesome. than that should have been a flag, unnecessary roughness on the hit that Tress took. That was ridiculous. Let me just dive helmet first into the dude's head. And, it uh, was. I, I was too busy focusing on the Cheeseman aspect. I, I mean, you got to respect the honesty though. Post game, I, I like Cheeseman. Like, I'm a little surprised. Oh, yeah. I'm still here too. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I packed my bags a week ago, weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Michael Phillips, uh, Washington Times. If you want to read him, and of course, down in Richmond, nine uh, ten, the fan. You can check him out there. Uh, which, of course, you can listen to if you're driving through on on nine ten, the fan or anywhere, anytime on the free Odyssey app. His show from this morning, MP on the mic, uh, started at 10 a.m. and ended at noon, and thus it is available via the Rewind feature right now. Uh, Michael, thank you, sir. Safe travels back, and we will talk to you next Monday. You will not talk to me next Monday. It's Christmas, but you will talk oh, that's to me true. At, at some point next week, um, yeah. and uh, we'll do this three more times because it's what we do. Yeah, no, that is very true. I'm not working not working on Monday. Enjoy. Have a have a Merry Christmas, Michael. Thank you. Happy holidays to you. And uh, happy uh, changes coming soon to everybody out there in Radio Land. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, we'll talk more about that next. Hey, this is DA, and you're listening to The Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube, where if you are watching, you see the Grinch who stole something. What'd you steal, Anthony? The Commander Soul. Oh, if it sounds a little muffled on your radio, it's because Commander, or it's because Anthony's wearing. <laughs> A full-on Grinch mask. Um, do you? It's such a funny uh, juxtaposition because Anthony has the biggest megawatt smile you'll ever see, and he is that. The mask is kind of mean looking. It's the Grinch, so of course it's mean looking. And yet, you just. Also, I got to give Anthony credit. Pulled a pretty good funny on me earlier today. <laughs> I should have taken a picture right as I did it, or right as you did it. Um, but you like peered in the window of the the studio that I was sitting in, and all I saw was this 
Kind of frightening mask all of a sudden. Yeah, I went around the station today, like just creeping everywhere. You know how the Grinch moves, where he yeah he's constantly on his toes and yeah yeah. Um, I didn't get. Uh, Did you get I, anybody? You. That's about it. I you had didn't Chris, really get me. I was just like, I had Chris Russell do a double take. Uh, CK just acted as, as if nothing happened. I walked right past CK. And CK was like, "Hey," I was like, <laughs> "I guess he knows I, I'm under this mask." Uh, I don't know. Uh, the boss, the boss is a bit swamped at the moment. I think the yeah. end, the end of years are hitting him. Oh, uh, or that too. Yeah, he's got a lot of stuff on that on that desk of his. Yeah. Um, you, did you try Grant and Danny at all? Uh, they were on air when I walked in on uh Clary and Chris, and they saw me from like the hallway somehow. Like I didn't even get to like get into the studio, and they were like laughing already. So, oh, that's yeah. unfortunate. I know. I know. Damn. Who else can we get tomorrow? Uh, if Darius is back. Oh, Linnell will be in. Oh, that's true. You can get Linnell. Can definitely get Linnell. Oh, I can get Darius too. Yeah. If uh, if Landfill, like, you just got to get here. I mean, yeah, Landfill get... stays and works for a while after J- or after B. Mitch and Finley. I'm going to try to get here early so I can see B. Mitch and Finley too. Yeah, because they, Landfill, like, kind of works like I do in a, in a separate side studio that has a window that you can peer in. Yeah. So you can do that. But also, you go down like PGC and try to get Poet. Oh, that could be. But she's going to see me walk in. Yeah, you just have to have the mask hidden. Okay, yeah. It ain't that hard to dip somewhere, put a mask on, come back out. (laughs) Anyway, uh, it's time to go around the NFL. It's 530 on a Monday. Uh, Yet another misery Monday. Wait, you hit the music? Or is, am I hearing thing? Did did you hit it? Yeah. Okay, because I hit it too, but my fader was down. Oh, I was confused. That tripped me out because if we wanted to. Oh, there it is. A cacophony. We we can go with yours. Oh, that's fine. I just normally I'm the one who hits it for this segment. Oh, I think on Fridays I play it. Oh, yeah, that's you're, true. You're from home. Yeah, because I'm I don't have the music in front of me. Yeah. And that was a fair. Hey, I'd rather be over prepared than under prepared. Yeah, change right. up for the show. Normally we look at each other like, eh, we're the t- we're the infielder and the outfielder who lets the, the ball drop between us. And I was like, I'd rather have two guys going for it. It's actually no, we could just execute properly, but no, that's all right. Yeah. Uh, starting with the Saturday games. Well, first of all, what are our records going into the week, sir? Uh, going into the week, you had a seven-game lead over me. Uh, you were one twenty-six and seventy-eight, and I stood at one nineteen and eighty-five. But I don't think I made up any ground this week. Well, loss, huh? we both got the Raiders game correct. Uh, Raiders Chargers. That was the Thursday nighter. We talked about that last week. How about Jake Browning and the Bengals? Uh, mm. First game on Saturday. The comeback 21 point, point fourth quarter. Brutal, brutal loss for the Vikings. Big day for Jordan Addison at two touchdowns. But at the end of the day, it's two touchdowns that Browning threw including one of the great plays that you'll ever see from T. Higgins. Um, I was at our uh, our gym's holiday party, and so I was at one of the local bars in D.C., and that game was on in the background, and I just was like mid-conversation with Rachel and, and one of our friends, and I go, oh my God, that's one of the greatest catches I think I've ever seen in my life. Not really one of the greatest catches, but like one of the greatest plays. 
that I've ever seen in my life. Yep. For T. Higgins to catch that ball and then have the wherewithal to stay in bounds and like swing back over the the end line to break the plane to for what was ultimately the game tying touchdown in a game they win in overtime. Season changing type of play, but just the awareness is off the charts there. Yeah, that that I couldn't believe it either. <laughs> it it also it almost gave me like a uh, made me think back to you know Jerome Simpson, the Bengals receiver that did the backflip over uh, a cornerback yeah. or a DB. Yeah, it made me flip. think back to yeah. yeah. It, it made me think back to like one of those plays, just like how the hell did you manage to have the wherewithal to pull that move off in this moment right here? I couldn't believe it. Yeah, Reggie Bush jumping like. Vic had a couple of those in his day, you know, Taylor Heineke reaching for the pylon. But it's like, it's not diving for the pylon. It's yeah. realizing all I have to do is break the plane. Yeah. So if I just wham, uh, I will give credit to my friend, David Megida, um, the, the friend that we were in conversation with, who's a big NBA fan as well. And he goes, it kind of looked like the Draymond on your, on, uh, on Nurk. Oh, wow. That backhand. Yeah. That's actually crazy. <laughs> funny, not funny. Got it out. Um, but I was like, well, you're not wrong. We should find time to talk about that this week, by the way. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a, not kind of a, a, it's a weird situation. There's a lot seemingly going on there. Yeah, he's spending for three weeks. At least. Or but at it's least. also like, why is everyone so nervous about Draymond? Like, there, there seems to be like real concern about him as a human being, which is great, but also like, seems to be a big kept secret in the NBA. We'll get yeah. to it. Uh, Steelers, Colts. How about Indy just putting it on Mike Tomlin's team? All of a sudden, there's rumors in Pittsburgh, a lot of media-fueled speculation, that Tomlin could get fired. That sounds crazy to me. That's not how they run their organization. And they're 500. I think it's a little excessive as well. Like, I, I get it if you're a spoiled Steelers fan and you're always expecting more but they've had three coaches basically ever if not actually three coaches ever i'm trying to remember when the when the cutoff is for that pittsburgh steelers coaching history whoa uh list of pittsburgh steelers head coaches uh from 19 or in 1933 they had forest dudes dowds however you say that uh, in 1934, they had Luby DeMello. 1935 and 36, Joe Bach. Uh, they, and it kind of was that same kind of... Uh, and that was as they were the Pittsburgh Pirates, by the way. The Steelers, you know, coach every one year, two year, three years, sometimes multiple. Our, our friend Joe Bach comes back a couple of times, not to be confused with Joe Buck. And then in 1969, they hired a guy named Chuck Knoll. Noel was the coach from 1969 to 1991. Then Bill Cower took over 92 to 06 and 07 through the present is Mike Tomlin. They don't fire coaches and they certainly don't aren't going to fire a coach in a season where they could still finish above 500. And by the way, their quarterback got hurt and not that Kenny Pickett's awesome, but he's better than than uh, whatever the guy they threw out there. Who is it? Uh, Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. Uh, yeah, better than Trubisky. And now Mason Rudolph is apparently going to start this week. 
So I think I think Mike Tomlin gets a pass, and it's a miracle that they're at seven and seven. To be frank, now they need some personnel help in a major way offensively, and they need to make a really good offensive coordinator hire this offseason. But I would not be going sideways on Mike Tomlin. And by the way, if they do, every other team is going to line up to hire him, as they should, because he's a great head coach. Yeah, I think once they get that offensive coordinator posi uh, position figured out, I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. They got a lot of p talent, a lot of pieces over there. They just can't seem to, you know, put it together. And that's mainly Matt Canada's fault. Yeah, and it's hard to make changes in the middle of a season. Yeah. Um, and yet they're still 7-7. Seven and seven. Uh, Also 7-7 seven and seven now. Um, and by the way, congrats to the Colts. We didn't talk about them a lot there. But, like, they're suddenly 8-6, and six, looking good. Minshew, three touchdowns, good stuff all around. Broncos now 7-7. Seven and seven. They got shellacked by the Lions, who... I, I told you on Friday, I was like, I think the Lions are due. They've had two wacky games in a row with a bunch of turnovers and terrible fourth down conversion stuff, and they just went out there and put it on the Broncos. 278, five touchdowns for Goff, another touchdown on the ground for Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, seven receptions, 112 yards, and a touchdown. I mean... This is what the Lions offense can be. They're now 10 and 4, and I still think they're a legit contender in the NFC somewhere in the tier below what San Francisco is doing. Yeah, so why can't they do this week in and week out, Craig? They're 10 and 4. But still, when they were going through their lull, like they were struggling to move the ball, struggling to do anything on the offensive side. Because the, the ball. NFL is hard. And really they weren't. Like they they were, but they weren't, right? It was one of those where, like, you watch down in, down out. They do a lot of good stuff. And mm -hmm. then Dan Campbell would be like, it's fourth and six at our own 33. <laughs> let's let's go for it. And you're like, what? Yeah. Relax, bro. Just punt. And, like, you start to have to chase the game. The game flow is bad. It kills your confidence. It, it just, it was a bad, it was a poorly managed section of the season. And it also wasn't that long. Like, they're 10-4, and four and people wanted to act like they lost seven straight. It's like, no, that was the beginning of last year, and since then, they've been one of the best five teams in football. I'm still not all in on the Lions, Craig. I'm a hater, but who have they beat? Uh, fair. I mean, the Broncos, if they win this game, though, they're like, ah, oh, the Broncos are the hottest team in, in the league, blah, 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 blah. They dismantled them. Yeah. So, yeah, they need to beat good teams, and uh, it might be a next-year thing where they, like, really break through, but I think they're they're good. Uh, man, the Bears, what a terrible way to lose a football game as we get it. to Sunday. By the way, 3-0 and Saturday for both of us? No, I went, uh, on, oh, yeah, 3-0 and no, 2-1 and on Saturday for me. I okay. have the uh, the Broncos. Okay, 3-0, uh, so 4-0 and start to the week for your boy. Yeah. Bears and Browns, I mean, oh, my God. What a ridiculous way to lose for the Bears in so many ways. You're up 17-7 yep. late in the fourth quarter. You give up a touchdown on a terrible, it looked like until the very last second throw by Joe Flacco that should have probably been picked. It's not. It sneaks into Amari Cooper. I mean, it's a great throw. It just looks like it's about to get picked. I don't mm -hmm. even say it should have been picked. But it definitely should have been a tackle situation. And instead, Mari Cooper slips by three Brown or three Bears defenders, gets into the end zone, and then they Browns uh, Bears give the ball right back. Browns come down, kick a field goal uh, for the win. And then the Bears get the ball back 
or to go ahead. Bears get the ball back, and the Hail Mary is in Darnell Moody's hands. <laughs> All he has to do is hold on to it. And, it, and I mean, it's a tough one. It's bobbling. It's happening, happening quickly. But, like, it's in both of his hands. Like, there's a free for, freeze frame where you're like, oh, that's a catch. And the ball just kept on wiggling and squirming. And no Browns defender knocked it out. He just dropped it. And that's how the Bears lose. And it was funny because I was talking, like, Logan and I are watching these games at Tap Sports Bar because we're there doing the, the pregame show. And um, it's really fun, honestly, for a 4 o'clock game because we get to watch literally every other game, not even red zone style. It's just, like, your own mental red zone because every game is on uh, at, at Tap. And I'm starting to talk to Logan in the break of, like, man, the Commanders might be catching a huge break here because the Bears can win. Like, yeah, the draft pick gets a little bit worse, but... I will take a slightly worse draft pick and the Bears' job not becoming open for the Commanders. Like, that's the best-case scenario where there's, you know, Frank Smith, the, the OC in Miami, and Ben Johnson, the OC in Detroit, and whoever other top candidates are. The the less jobs that are open, the more likely one of them winds up here. And I, I think this job in Chicago were the two best jobs on the market, depending on how, like where you are in your coaching career and what you value, obviously the Chargers job with Herbert is going to be right there. But if you don't have to compete with Chicago for a coach that's wants some flexibility and a ton of cap space, then you're the best job on the market. And that game is really costly for the commanders in that respect. Now the second round pick they're getting from Chicago becomes better despite Montez Sweat's best efforts, by the way, he was playing his face off. But Flacco somehow finds a way. The Browns somehow find a way in a season where they're in a 9-5 because they keep somehow finding a way. Yeah, I think the defense also stepped up uh, down the stretch uh, when they needed them the most. But that pass from Joe Flacco to Amari Cooper, I don't know how he did it. Luck is on their side somehow. They're trending in the right direction, it seems. But you called it, Craig. The Bears are Charlie Brown. I really thought they were gonna be go, be able to go out there and you know hang on to uh, to beat the Browns, but I mean uh, I don't know they, they they just came up short and they're the Bears. The, yeah, <laughs> they are the Bears. The Bears. Uh, Bucks Packers. By the way, very similar type of pass, uh, much shorter pass, much earlier in the game. But Baker on one of his touchdowns had an out route that he just lasered, and you're like, that's a pick six. Never mind. Wait, why is he still running? Oh my God, that's a touchdown. Just sometimes if you can beat coverage with a throw that you shouldn't probably make based off the read and you just, you make a great throw, you get defenders out of position, your guys can run. It's it's such a key trait for quarterbacks. And Baker yesterday uh, had a couple of those. He was awesome. Historically awesome. He's the first quarterback ever as the Bucs beat the Packers 34 to 20, Mayfield 381, Four touchdowns, no picks. Hit a perfect passer rating, 158.3. First time ever an opposing quarterback has done that at Lambeau Field. Dang, I didn't even know about that uh, that stat right there. I did not know. But Baker Mayfield, I'm rooting for the Bucks. Like, I, I didn't know. I kind of am too. I, I didn't know who I wanted to come out of the NFC South. But I think the Bucks would be the most competitive team. Mike Evans is week in and week out. You know, reminding everybody who he is. And I think, you know, when free agency rolls around, he's going to have a number of suitors just calling his name and his I also name. think the Bucks are going to be like, Mike, you sure you don't want, you sure you want to leave? 
You don't want to finish your career here? You don't want to be just I mean, a buck well, for they better life? bring some people in. Some bring in reinforcements. For sure. But, like, if they can, if they can figure out a quarterback yeah. situation and they don't go full rebuild, like... Is Baker the guy? I mean, is Baker the... I mean, if he leads them to a nine and whatever, ten win season, um, I guess they got to win out to get ten. Yeah. But if they go two and one down the stretch, they finish nine and seven, and they are competitive in a playoff game, I think you at least consider it. But also, I don't know what their draft capital situation is. Like, do you call Chicago about fields? Mm. Like, do you... Like, there's going to be some guys... I mean, do you call Washington about Howell? Like, there's going to be some interesting situations. You do call Arizona about Kyler. Whew. Do you do you make a super play to go up in the draft and try to take Drake May? Like, there's there's a lot of potential options for them. Or you middle of the first round and you know, you, you take a, a Bo Nix or a, a Penix or you know one of those guys and Baker's your guy for right now. But you know, does do Evans and Baker get along? Like, I would. There's a lot of talent in Tampa. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think it's also interesting. Bill Barnwell had them as a job he thought was going to come open, and they're probably going to win the division. So we'll see if that uh, comes to fruition. Texans, Titans, big win for the Texans. Titans had this thing locked up. Uh, it seemed by halftime, thirteen to three. Texans looked awful. Case Keenum, and then the old vet down there from University of Houston. Uh, Playing for the Texans, figured it out. And by the way, I think it's only right that the Texans won this game because the Titans had the audacity to wear the old Oilers uniforms. Yep. They just, that's bad juju. That's bad karma. <laughs> you don't say, hey, we stole your team. Uh, and by the way, we're, we're going to wear it against you. No, 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 no. Titans, uh, losers. Derrick Henry, super frustrated. One of the worst games of his career. Meanwhile, Singletary on the other side of it, 26 carries for 121 yards. And now the Texans wait to see if they can get CJ Stroud back out of concussion protocol this week, but survive the week without him. Yeah, I mean, huge one for the Texans. I was surprised that they were even competitive. They were down so many people. Nico Collins, CJ, Tank Dale. You had uh, linebackers, Brian Cashman. I, I just couldn't believe I thought the Titans were going to go out there and destroy these dudes. They just came off. They just had a huge win over the Dolphins. I'm thinking they're going to, you know, build on this. And they go out there and lay an egg. And then Will Levis also gets knocked out of the game. So Yep, sprained ankle. So we'll see what his status is. Yeah. Uh, Jets and Dolphins. Dolphins, 30 to nothing. Victors, uh, uh, two attack of Iloa, 224, a touchdown. Mostert, two more touchdowns. Anthony, do you know how many touchdowns Raheem Mostert has on the season? He has 20. He has 20. 20. That's nuts. Jalen Waddle, eight catches, 142, and a touchdown in the route. Jets certainly will be pretty pissed off coming uh, or hosting the Commanders coming up this week. What a poop fest that game is on Christmas Eve. Chiefs and Patriots. Chiefs 27 to 17. Victors. Mahomes, 305, two touchdowns, two picks, including one that went right off Kadarius Tony's hands. Could not have hit him. More in stride. Mahomes was pretty frustrated afterwards, but they did get Rashi Rice going. Nine catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Saints, 24. Giants, 6. Uh, big hit on Tommy DeVito in this game. Knocked him out for a little bit, but he did come back, but not enough. Derek Carr, three touchdowns despite only 218 yards. Just a nice, judicious day for the Saints. How about this absolute crap fest? Panthers, 9. Falcons, 
seven in front of 48 people at Bank of America Stadium. You see the pictures from yesterday? I did not see the pictures, but I did hear there were like 100 people in the crowd. It was as sparsely uh, attended an <laughs> NFL game. And, like, it's a bad football team that's pissed at its owner, that feels like it's got a lost season, and it was a driving rainstorm. It totally makes sense. But, like, the Falcons, I'm kind of surprised there weren't more Falcons fans there. It's like five hours from and an easy flight on any number of airlines uh, from Atlanta to Charlotte. But it's just like, hey, we'll go, we'll go somewhere else. We don't got to go to Bank of America Stadium for this one. Uh, but the, the Falcons, just a thoroughly embarrassing loss. Uh, and Desmond Ritter, one of the worst picks you'll ever see. He, like, breaks contain, rolls left, and you're like, all right, way to, way to use your legs. And he throws back across his body right to a Panthers defender. That was a red zone uh, turnover. And all in all, like, Panthers able to drive it down at the end, get in a field goal range, and kneel on the ball until one second left at the one-yard line, and then Eddie Pinheiro knocks in the 20-whatever-yarder. There's your victory for the Panthers. Uh, Rams 28, Commanders 20. I've talked about that one most of the day. How about another 40-piece for the Niners? They beat up on the Cardinals 45-29. to McCaffrey, three total touchdowns. Purdy, four touchdowns on the day. Nice day uh, in the loss for Trey McBride. 10 catches, 102 for the young tight end from the Cardinals. Game of the day was supposed to be Bills-Cowboys. Kind of boring. 25 carries, 179 and a touchdown is, uh, for, for James Cook as the Bills just absolutely destroyed Dallas. Ran all over him. Micah Parsons after was like, I am very confused as to why we cannot take this thing on the road. This is a joke. We have got to fix this. And they do, especially if they don't win some more because then they're going to have to go on the road in the playoffs. Meanwhile, Josh Allen uh, kind of laughed after the game. Uh, he said, uh, I feel like the kid in the group project who didn't do enough of the work but still got an A uh, after he just turned around and handed the ball to James Cook for most of the day. And the defense showed up big time. How about after what Dallas has been doing offensively, the Bills defense holding them to just 10 points? Yeah, that was surprising. Uh Dallas at home, they, they they seem like, you know, the best team, arguably the best team in the NFL. They hit that road, though. Like, I don't know what goes into it, though. You know, it's you're still lining up against uh, another, you know, NFL team. And, you know, you still want to follow through with the game plan and things of that nature. They, I think they just go away from – I couldn't even tell you, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's confusing. Just, they don't play as fast. They're not as comfortable. They're not as decisive. Like, nothing, nothing flows. Uh, meanwhile, Baltimore doesn't seem to care where they are. Uh, big old win last night in Jacksonville, 23-7. to Lamar, a nice, easy 14-24, 171, and a touchdown. And, oh, by the way, 12 carries for 97 yards on the ground. Unfortunately for Baltimore, Keaton Mitchell, their star rookie running back, uh, nine carries, 73 yards before suffering a season-ending knee injury. That is a huge blow to Baltimore. But 23-7. Meanwhile, Jacksonville uh, just they can't get it going offensively. Lawrence 264 and a touchdown, but also left the game after undergoing uh, or to get checked for a concussion. He's in the protocol. We'll see if he can play next weekend. All right, Anthony, how did I feel like I did? I have a perfect week. You killed it. You went 13 and two. Which ones did I miss? Uh, you missed the Falcons, uh, Falcons, Panthers. Okay, that's fine. Uh, and then the other one you missed. Was it Bucks Packers? 
No, you got that one right. That was the one we fought over, and then I stuck with the Bucks initially, and then uh, laughed. You got. I don't know. I will, I will have to find it. How'd you do? I went ten and five. I did terrible. That's not. That's not bad. It's just you not, did really good. Though. Not what I did. Yeah. Bears. Did I pick the Bears? Oh, Titans. Titans oh, Texas. because I thought yeah with with Case Keenum. Yeah. Damn. Oh well. Thirteen and two. I'll take it. Uh, and who we got tonight? Do we, we don't still don't know if Jalen's playing tonight, do we? Uh, they said he's trending in the right direction. They say Geno Smith is trending out. So uh, I'm changing my pick to the Eagles. I'm gonna uh, stay with the Eagles. Yeah, so. I, th I think I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. All right, we'll uh, we'll check in on that tomorrow. But the the lead is growing. We're we're trending the right direction. By we, I mean I. Uh, when we get back. How did we trend in our pick six? We will discuss some key commanders, some of whom played all right, and some of whom their lack of good play was a big reason why Washington lost. Pick six is next on a misery Monday on the Team 980.